did you hear something just go ping? No. Good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How's the new setup working? <laughs> it's great. It comes with all these dials. See, that's my old setup. This is my old setup was just a mic and then add a USB and the USB goes in your computer and that is it. There's there's nothing else. Um Oh, do you the, have like a like a preamp this, and Yeah, this one has oh. Here's here's the box right here. It's an Onyx Blackjack premium 2x2 two two USB recording interface from Mackie. Hmm. And it's got a bunch of these dials and stuff, you know. Looks serious. I mean, it makes me feel very professional. It's a very nice piece of equipment, but but now I've got all these dials to turn. Right. Marco told me how to set it up. He just sent me a picture and just said, just turn all do, the dials do like this. this. Yeah, so I did yeah. that. All right. Man, that thing, wow. <laughs> really? You're the one that's on Amazon? <laughs> yeah. Well, how many dials? Well, this one's six. <laughs> like all of them. This one has all of them. <laughs> no, this one is... It, no, this, the this one I'm one. looking at has like 120 dials. No, no, no. This one has okay. five, five dials. Two oh, inputs, okay. Okay. something for the monitor, and then... <laughs> this looks like one of your, your, bad, um, your bad interfaces of the day. <laughs> or the week or whatever. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like an access database gone wrong. Are you sending it by Skype or are you sending it? Uh, the, uh, oh, I no, see it. No. I see it. <laughs> oh, no, my God. Oh, my God. If that had shown up, if I had just done what Marco said and this had shown up at my door, I would have just. Yeah. yeah. It would have been very cinematic. It would have been one of those things where I would have opened, you know, you open the cardboard box from Amazon and then I would have seen this. And then I would have just set the box down, and I would have gotten my keys. Walked into the ocean. <laughs> just, yeah, just, yeah, just, just started started driving. Just drive right to the Atlantic coast. Oh, so you just, okay? So you have the uh, the Onyx Blackjack two by two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh God! If I got this, okay. I would just kill. Okay. That, that that looks that that's more manageable. You know what though? To me, it looks like it might as well be this. This. Uh, <laughs> well, it's five more dials than you're used to having. <laughs> Yeah. It's five more dials than I can handle. It's five times as complicated as what you were using before. I'm t- I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm I'm getting older. I don't know. I think maybe it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like I don't think I've ever been very uh, smart about dealing with complex interfaces. Uh, but you know, it comes. It's like with the Apple Music stuff, you know, and 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 the iCloud photo library and stuff. I need I need it to be one dial. I like, right. you know, I like one dial. Right. So yeah. I don't know. But you say I sound good, so we'll take it from there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. What, what do I know? Yeah, you've got Cracker Jack ears, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I am not, uh, no. I've actually been struggling. I, I bought a couple of uh, Bluetooth headphones when I got the Apple Watch. Yeah. And I uh, was going to, like, write up a thing about it, but I just, I don't even feel like I can do it because I don't. First of all, neither one of them is good. <laughs> so, which ones do? So which I don't ones feel like I have get? a recommendation. I got cheap ones. I got really cheap ones, and I feel like I. And that's the other thing is I feel like I should try one that's like a hundred bucks because I got ones that were like thirty, um, and they're terrible. So, it's like that's the so far that's the only advice I have is don't buy ones that are thirty, <laughs> which I don't feel like is great advice. 
Yeah, I don't know if so. you remember, I but uh, when uh, uh, Joanna Stern was on a few weeks ago, back in April, yeah, we were talking about it. Right. We both bought the same ones, these Beats ones, which are overpriced. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, right. That's what I've heard too. So I didn't want to buy those. But do those work okay? Yeah, I think so. I, well, the thing was is that we both were complaining about latency, and then it was uh, follow up a week or two later. Some kind listener of the show was like, "Dude, you got to get the, the firmware update." And I'm like, firmware update for headphones. I mean, what the hell is that? But it was honest to God truth. You go to Beats Audio and you tell them you got the Beats, whatever they're called, um, Bluetooth, and then you you get a download. And once you got once I got the download and installed it, it really did. It I wouldn't say it fixed the latency because I'm still you know I'm used to the zero latency of a wired headphone. Right. But it's the latency after installing the software update on these on these beats was like what you would expect from bluetooth headphones you know it's there's like a fraction of a second latency but it it's reasonable yeah well one of these would not wouldn't was skipping and the other <laughs> one the other one was and i wanted them for running and the other one was rattling <laughs> so well, I do think I, Marco tweeted the other day, uh, asked if anybody running iOS 9 beta is experiencing um, like some skips and fallouts with uh, Bluetooth headphones. And I hadn't really thought about it, but I I think I was. I think I am. And it, so it's it's <laughs> like the beauty of you switching to Bluetooth headphones is that now you're susceptible to software bugs and regressions. Right. <laughs> like we've taken this. Yeah. We've taken this. more complicated. <laughs> We've taken this thing that worked perfectly since before we were born, right? Like 1970, whatever, when we were born, or, you know, for you, 68, whatever the hell it is, uh, you know, there were headphones. You plug them in, and then you hear what you're supposed to hear, and it works. Right. <laughs> Until you step right. on the headphones or something. Yeah. And now we've replaced it with something that when you upgrade your operating system, maybe your headphones don't work so good. <laughs> you need anymore. a firmware upgrade. Right. You need a firmware update. <laughs> Yeah, you did. You you must have had uh, speakers with that big jack, right? Uh, yeah. Or headphones, well, headphones. I mean, no. Well, now I have a new pair that I'm wearing as we speak right now because. Um, oh, they probably have, yeah. That this this thing has that big jack, doesn't it? Yeah, and so oh, I, Marco see, said, I'm "Hey, at it right now." Marco told me I had it. You know, he was like, "You have an adapter for that," and I'm like, "Well, I'm sure I do, but God, don't, you know." Who the hell knows where it is? And he goes, "Well, then you should get new headphones too." So I got now. Now I'm wearing a pair of Marco approved headphones as well. <laughs> well, thanks to cleaning out my basement, I know exactly where my adapter is. Really? You yeah. you you yeah, organized that it. stuff? I saw it. Yeah, it's one of those big coiled. You know, it's a it's a long cable, and it's one of those uh, springy cables too. So like I could I could I could walk around because you know, back in the day, you wanted to listen to music and walk around the room and do stuff and. Boy, could I do that? That was what <laughs> that was that was Bluetooth headphones back then. It was yeah. a really really long cable because <laughs> you couldn't move your stereo, oh, but no. you still needed to move around. And it wasn't like you could put it in your pocket. I mean, that was the, you know I probably had to, I probably got that thing before. You know, I probably had to, that I probably had headphones for that kind of jack before there was before the Walkman came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice big so, fat headphones. Right. So anyway, yeah, rather than buy a two dollar adapter, I bought a. T- Two hundred dollar pair of headphones. <laughs> no, but right. but in my defense, my my the the headphones I had been wearing were they still work, and and so I can't say that they're you know somewhere my depression era grandparents are coming out of the grave to kill me. 
<laughs> but <laughs> they still work. But they 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 date back to to like when I was doing the show with Dan Benjamin. I mean, they're pretty old. And and the the leather on the the thing that goes over your yeah. head is all peeling off. Or right. not, I guess it's not even leather. It's you know quote unquote leather. <laughs> yeah, that is all that happened to me. Right, and so like every time I record a show now, or until I got these new headphones, <laughs> little then, things are falling out of your hair. Well, when I was done with the show, the first thing I would do would be like to shake my <laughs> shake my hair and get all the flakes of leatherette out. <laughs> so I thought, why not splurge and get a new sure. set of headphones? You're worth it. <laughs> you deserve it after how many years of podcasting? Like a year, <laughs> two years. <laughs> well, this show, right? This ver- right. version of the show. No, this show is uh, up. Got to be up to three years now, right? Because this is episode one twenty-seven. Yeah, so is, is that? Yeah, yeah, three years. Oh my god, we're old. <laughs> Everything's old. Uh, so what else is going on? Uh, so do you have? Uh, well, you probably talked about the mu- music on like twenty other podcasts by now. Well, you know what though, we should talk about it, though. I talked about it uh, with Dalrymple, and and it was the day that Jim ha- posted his. Well, I lost forty seven hundred songs, <laughs> and then the the show went into editing. Uh, I think we we're I don't know when we were, but it, it wasn't going to air for like four days. And in the meantime, you know, he got called into Apple, and he wrote like a follow up, and he straightened it out. And so you know, it was his call, but he you know he was like, well, I'm going to take some of the music stuff out because it's not relevant, you know. It's a, the danger right. of recording a podcast yeah. as opposed to live broadcasting. I thought it was funny, um, but he took some of that out. But we could, we should definitely talk about it because I don't even know what the hell he took out. But <laughs> I mean, have you? What's your experience been like? Anything like his? Or I have hardly done anything with it. That's the thing. Is oh, that really? It, yeah, we were on vacation when it first came out, and I signed up for it. So who knows? Maybe my music is gone. I don't know. I haven't looked, but uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> don't I signed <laughs> I signed up with for it, uh, you know, because it's free for a, a couple of months, and uh, I wanted to try the radio stuff out, which is new to me. I mean, I'm you know I'm I'm the old guy who never tried the streaming stuff before. Yeah. I guess I've I've tried Spotify, um, but it didn't really stick for me. Um, and I tried the radio, but it's it. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't really done anything. It seems like all my music is still there, but I am terribly confused though because I'm 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 another one of these people where I do pay for iTunes Match. I do have thousands of songs that I ripped from CDs, uh, but now I've got the Apple Music. Right. What about you? Yeah, I mean, but I well, I didn't count my songs before I joined the service, so I have no I have no way of knowing if anything's missing or not, actually, as far as I can tell. I mean, other than going back and looking for specific songs, which I'm not going to do. So I have not, I can't say that I've, I've experienced any loss of things that I brought to the table. Uh, and the funny thing is about, about Jim's post was that I had, I mean, I had used it and kind of liked it. I mean, there was, I mean, I liked listening to the, the curated playlists and I like listening to the radio stuff. Um, and then I kind of just forgot about it a little bit. And and because that's kind of the way I've been using streaming services anyway, is I'm I have these playlists that I make of music that I own, and I usually end up listening to those. And then when I get bored with those, I will go out and do discovery through some streaming service, basically. Just say, okay, there here's some songs that I like, play me some other stuff that's like this stuff. And then usually what I do is I go out and I buy the stuff that I like just because I'm 
110 years old. So I had kind of like, you know, I had gone into that other, that phase again, where I was just listening to things that I owned. And then Jim's post reminded me, oh yeah, that music is out there. And I went back and I tried it again. And I still, I mean, I, I agree that the, the interface is kind of confusing. Like I really don't quite understand the difference between some of the tabs, but uh, I do like it for music discovery quite a bit. I think the playlists are good and I generally find something that I want to keep anytime that I start listening to it for any extended period of time. Um, and then the other thing that I recently just tried, which I hadn't tried the time before was picking a song and then saying, um, to telling it to make a channel off that song, which I think works really well. So as far as for using it for music discovery, I really kind of like it. And then the other thing that I like about it is because I do so many playlists, because I manage my playlists myself, it will sync those through the cloud now. So I don't have to sync back and forth between my phone and the Mac where my music is on to get the playlist on there. Yeah, see, I don't I haven't done playlists in years. Really? <laughs> I swear. You just what do you do? <laughs> you just pick songs that you want to listen to immediately? Yeah, like, I don't know. For the most part, I don't. I don't really listen to a lot of music. Is the, okay. is the is the realization that I have yeah. come to? <laughs> it's not a service for you. <laughs> I am really looking forward to it. I want to get it in my car somehow. And I, yeah, that would I be think, nice. Well, I think I, I need like a new car. I guess like, you, is that what you? Yeah, because I have. I mean, I basically because I have my phone in my car. I I have it in my car. Yeah, I well, I can put my phone in my car, but I can't really hook my phone up to my car. Okay. Well, you might just need a new stereo. Well, yeah, but you don't necessarily. I, <laughs> now, again, I know you went out and bought a two hundred dollar pair of headphones, but you don't necessarily have to go out and buy a new car. <laughs> again, it'd be a lot easier to just buy a new car that had the uh, had a lightning jack. <laughs> Honey, <laughs> I need to get Apple Music in the car, so we're gonna have to buy a new car. <laughs> Here, sign this. <laughs> Co-sign this lease with you. Yeah. <laughs> Co co-sign. <laughs> I'm just... Oh, she's 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 the only name on it. I'm putting the whole thing on her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, uh I thought that the uh So you got your license back is what you're saying. Oh I did I got that back a couple years okay. ago. Okay. Um I I I I think it's such an ambitious undertaking the whole Apple Music thing and I totally understand the um I I you know the the one foot on the shore one foot on the boat you know it's kind of hard to make this shift from being a download focused service that you don't want to just pull the plug on and that you still want to support so if people do just want to buy albums you can still do it to this new streaming thing you know I I, I totally realize how complex this is um, and I agree with you that on the content side, I think they nailed it. I think, uh, you know, from everything I've heard, people really like these stations, you know, the mm -hmm. ones that are human curated people really people like even like beats one. Yeah. Which I'm exactly. not, I don't, I can't, I can't bear. I mean, to me, that's like, that was the whole purpose of this <laughs> digital music process was to get away from that kind of thing. Like, I don't want to hear somebody talking. So that, it's not for me, but I'm kind of amazed that so many people seem to like it. 
Yeah, I to me, I think it's sort of uh, uh, trying to be what MTV was in the eighties. Yeah. It's you know, here's what everybody's listening to, you know, where everybody is people who care about new music. But you know what I mean? Like when we were you know, like in the eighties, there was just one MTV. That was it. Mm-hmm. And like you know, the top ten countdown every day at five o'clock or whatever time it came on. We'd play everything from Motley Crue to Madonna to uh, you know Lionel Richie. You know there were it, it. It wasn't really segregated by genres. You know right. it was just here's popular music uh, for everything from heavy metal to dance music or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and you know here's what's new. And I feel like that's sort of what they're trying to do with Beats One. Yeah, that's what it seems like. But on the flip side, you know. Somebody has to make an app that presents all this. And I do think it's kind of complicated. Yeah. And the other complaints that I've heard from some people, and, you know, maybe it's just the nature of the sort of people who like to read my stuff, you know, that it's picky people. But the thing that seems to drive some people really crazy is that if you don't sign up for Apple Music and you're not even interested in it, it, it the new music app is like there's tabs that just don't apply to you anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And the other thing I, I know that people have complained about is when you do sign up for Apple Music, it puts my music last in the tabs. Right. And I, I, I thought that was sort of like a weird thing to complain about. It's sort of like, you know, is the, is the rightmost tab the least important <laughs> tab? I don't know. But I brought that up to my wife, and she, Amy agreed. She was like, oh, yeah, that kind of, to me, she thought that implies, you know, that's the least important thing in the app. Whereas it's really, like, it might be yeah. for you, you know, depending on the size of your music library, you might have, like, 40 or 50 gigabytes of music, and it's all stuffed into one tab in the lower right. Right. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing, the, I mean, one of the improvements that I found was going in, and you can turn off... Uh, connect in what is it? it's like um restrictions i think because it, it's sort of a you know it's like the th- like you you don't want your kid you want your kid to have the ipod touch but you don't want your kid to see like musicians swearing or something like that i don't know i guess that's what that's for but you can turn off connect and then when you turn off connect it puts the playlist tab in the spot where connect is mm. um so that was kind of nice that actually made it a lot better because since i you know use playlists so much um, an, and and an you old, don't really man <laughs> you don't really connect that often and i don't really connect that often right <laughs> i never leave the house so why would i need connect uh i haven't really that's one of the things i haven't really heard anybody follow up on like is connect working is it is, is are people using it is it taking off is it really just is it or is it is it ping all over again and nobody's using it or is it somewhere in between yeah. I haven't seen anybody even I, talk about it really. No, not since it came out. It just it seems like it's just like kind of a blog for the artists <laughs> in a way. I mean, they just seem to post where they are, post some pictures and maybe a little commentary. Uh but it, I didn't find it very interesting or useful at this point anyway. Hmm. Yeah, and they had they had written something about like saying that they were you know they were going to bring more to it later, but at this point it was not really. It's just not the kind of thing that I'm interested in. Yeah. Um. So, are you an iTunes Match customer? No, I haven't been. 
Hmm. So I don't I, know if that makes it better. Yeah, I feel like that's at sort this of the point. I feel the like that's of the problem. Yeah, or the perfect storm of the problem. I don't yeah. know. And it never worked that well. I don't know. I think I was t- see this is one of those things. I don't know if it got cut, but I'll just tell the story again. Where Amy, Amy we're, we're iTunes. I, don't, I forget if you can even sign up for a family plan there, but uh, uh, Amy has I don't know how many gigabytes of music, but she, she she's got enough music where it's like her total. It's pretty big, and it's like uh, she could never sync her whole library to her phone unless mm-hmm. uh, otherwise it would fill up. So she got the one hundred twenty-eight gigabyte iPhone. And now she can sync her whole library Jeez. and have tons, you know, it's one of those things where like, I, th- I think with a 64 gigabyte phone, it, it combined with like a photo library and stuff, it would be tight. And with 128, then she has plenty of room, including every single song she has in her iTunes library, which is what she wants. So that if she can, you know, gets in the mood to listen to something, she can listen to it. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know, I, I, she had like, jeffrey zeldman luck with like cloud services it's like (laughs) i would like set her up and it would say that you know she wants it all there she doesn't want to have to stream it she doesn't want the cloud you know icon she wants all of her music on the phone because she paid for the giant 128 gigabyte phone right and it looks like it's all there and then it's there and then like you know a couple months ago she came back from the gym and she's mad at me (laughs) not mad at apple she's mad at me because all of her music is in the cloud and I'm like, well, that can't be. And then I look at her music app, and every single song is in the cloud. And the, I, I can't explain it. I don't understand. So the way and that I was fi- that was before music. Yes, before yeah. Apple Music. So the way I fixed it for her is I just turned her turned off iCloud Match, iTunes Match, whatever it's called, and just hooked her up by a USB cable to her Mac and just synced it like the 2007 way, you know, just mm-hmm. hooked her up to iTunes, said, sync all of the music, all of her playlists. Uh, and I said, I fixed your iTunes cloud. And she, <laughs> and she said, thank you. And then like she went, <laughs> and now she thinks that iTunes cloud works perfectly. Well, wasn't it, the, wasn't the whole thing with match that you could just, you would just sign up once and it would match your like previous catalog. And then, you know, basically give you rights to everything that you got from Napster. Or whatever, and then then you don't have to. Then you just can cancel your subscription after the you know for the second year. You don't really need it unless you want it. I mean, so like in her situation, she doesn't even want it in the cloud, so she wouldn't really pass that first year have any need to have iTunes. Match. Right, but there was supposed to be a way that you could just say, "But I also want all my music on the device." You know. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to have to pull it down by right. on demand. Right. But anyway, and that is that short. is definitely currently the one thing that I find completely fiddly and I don't quite understand yet is because I like having it all on the device too, partially because I have a Sonos and I want to play and I want to play something on a Sonos. It has to be on the device at least until they get Apple Music, which they said that they're going to be doing. Um, but if I want to play something on the Sonos, it has to be on my my phone. Right. I'm gonna, you know, I have to have something. I have to have it physically someplace in order to play it. Obviously, I can't play it from Apple's cloud because Sonos doesn't know anything about Apple's cloud. So, and just trying to to do that uh, often befuddles me. But I think it's gotten a little bit easier with an update they recently did because I think, and maybe I just it was there before and I just missed it. But now you can go into um, like a playlist and just say, make this entire playlist available offline. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And then should download all the music. 
So my suggestion, my suggestion, and it was just a flippant offhand, and you know, I, I, you know, maybe I'm just waving my hands here, and there's good reasons for it. But my suggestion that I tossed out there is, why not make it an all new app and just have an Apple Music app? And then if you sign up for Apple Music, you use the Apple Music app, and it streams all the radio, and it, it, the, the, the thing I'm thinking just loosely, and maybe I'm, I'm you know, being stupid somehow. Maybe I'm overlooking something. And yes, if you have an iTunes library of songs that you already own, that app could just see those songs and show them to you, but it would never try to, to like delete them or do anything magic with them. And then you'd have two apps. And then if you don't want Apple Music, you could just keep using iTunes, yeah. which would play your music. And then iTunes could be iTunes. And then Apple Music could be this app that much like the new uh photos for mac app is like a clean slate both in terms of like the interface it presents and in terms of the online syncing stuff that it's supposed to do and there are a bunch of people like reactions i you know a lot of the stuff i write often gets uh polarized reactions but this was so completely polarized it blew me away where like it seemed like half the people responding to that were like, yes, exactly. You know, this is exactly what Apple should have done. And the other half were, you're an idiot. You're completely missing the fact that the entire, and it, but it, here's, what's funny. I kind of agree with both sides. Obviously I agree with right. the side that says this sounds like an interesting idea. And the people who say I'm an idiot, which is like half the, the reaction were saying the entire point of this is to have all of your music in one app, you know, one, what was the, the, the slogan at WWC was one thought about music. Uh, and I see the appeal of that, but my, I, I, my response to that response, I guess, is one thought about music sounds good. It sounds like a good idea, but I'm saying that if you look at the actual software, especially iTunes on, on Mac, uh, or I guess windows, which is probably the same, it, it's, it's just, it's more complicated now than it ever has been. And we've been <laughs> complaining about how complicated it is for years at least since like the iPhone came out, right? I mean, sometime around that era is when people started complaining that iTunes was getting, you know, had too much on its shoulders. Uh, and now with Apple Music in there too, it's more than ever. It's all of the store. It still has, you could still buy uh, iOS apps in the iTunes. So it's all the music store, the entire iOS app store, but not the Mac app store. Um, all of your music that you own. And now it's got all of the Apple Music stuff that you subscribe to. To me, that's an awful lot that you're asking one app to do. Mm-hmm. It seems like, yeah. I mean, it does seem like it, would, it, it should be broken apart. And it's easy to say that because we don't know <laughs> any of the real reasons why it's actually one app particularly. Right. But, but at this point, it's just... Right, and I want to emphasize unwieldy. Right, Marco mentioned it too in his post that you know that you. It's easy to think of a lot of reasons why they didn't go that route, why they might have fully considered it and decided not to go that route. And I, I'm not saying they should have. I'm just tossing this as an idea of maybe they could have, and maybe things would be better. The one thought that occurs to me about it is, uh, it might have taken a lot longer. I mean, look how long photos for Mac took. Uh, it was announced at WWDC last year, and they even said when they announced it, it would be early 2015. I think they said early 2015, or at least they they said it's you know not coming soon. Uh, <laughs> and it still didn't ship. It didn't come out of beta until like 
April or May. I mean, it was very close to a year after they announced it at WWDC 2014 before photos for Mac shipped not as a beta for Mac. Uh, it, it absolutely takes longer to start over, even if your goal is to have a simpler, less complicated interface. So maybe that's the main reason. I don't know that it's always easier to just keep tacking on to iTunes than yeah. to take the time to start something new. Yeah, you, every once in a while you read one of these um, opinion pieces or someone says that Apple's the new Microsoft, which I think is ridiculous. But this is like one instance where I actually think it's kind of does apply in that iTunes does seem like it's just become so overburdened with added features that it's like Office was back in the early 2000s. Well, it it is, as a general rule, the idea that you just keep tacking into this one app is sort of the Microsoft, in loose, you know, general terms, it's sort of a Microsoft way of doing things and not the Apple way of doing things. Yeah. And they've right? never gotten, they've never gotten rid of anything. Right. I mean, and just and compare... The, the Apple, it seems like, you know, we, we used to go through this through the, throughout the 2000s where, you know, like iMovie and things like that, where they would take something and then just like blow it up and start all over again. And you'd lose things but in you know often you'd end up with a better app and in, in this instance they just they don't seem to be doing that at all uh what about do they still have do they still have podcasts in itunes i know yeah. on ios that see that's another that's a perfect yeah. example right so on ios yeah. they they yeah so in ios they they created an entirely separate podcast app and it, on the whole it's it's what matters anyway, because I, I mean, I know from the stats from this show that m most people listen to podcasts on their phone or some kind of mobile device. So it's, you know, makes sense. But it's crazy that on the desktop, they still have uh, podcasts in there, too. Mm -hmm. Right. It's and, and maybe that's another sign of the Mac as a second class citizen to iOS that they don't make a standalone. Version Can you tell of, what the cl what the client is? Can you tell what the biggest usage by client is? Yeah. Uh, is yeah. it the podcasts app or something else? Well, for me, it's Overcast. Um, yeah, okay, but, uh, right. There's but, a little bit of selection bias there. Yeah, without question, it's because you know, daring or daring fireball readers and listeners of this show are way more likely to, uh, you know, to even know I've heard of Overcast, let alone, right? You know, be smart enough to actually sign up for it. <laughs> um, and somebody sent me after I tweeted. I think I tweeted that. I tweeted the the stats um, uh, that I get from uh, SoundCloud, which is where I host the audio for this. Um, and they had they said that they're like the producer on like a general interest podcast. Um, seemed pretty popular. It's you know some like twenty or thirty thousand uh, uh, downloads per episode. And for them, Overcast was way down. I mean, it wasn't even close because it was even it was even behind other iOS clients just because it hasn't been out as long. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, but I don't get it. I'm trying to look it up here. Where's the stats? Uh, it, it doesn't say podcast for uh, iOS. It's called like it's the background process that does the um, downloading. Oh, OK. So yeah, you probably can't tell if it's the difference between that Apple Core Media. Yeah. 
if it's the difference between that and like iTunes on a Mac. Well, well no, no you can't. Be, it, you can tell by platform. No, but then it says. Uh, so here's my here's my stats for the previous episode with Jason Snell, episode one twenty six. Uh, so for the RSS version, which is just about everybody, uh, Overcast is twenty nine thousand. Apple Core Media iPhone, which I take to mean uh, the podcast app on iPhone, is mm-hmm. about 17,000. Then there's iTunes, which is 4,500. And I think that's iTunes on the Mac. Right. Uh, Apple Core Media iPad. So it's interesting. I do get it set, broken out between iPhone and iPad is 2,700. Mozilla is 2,400. And I think Mozilla means, see, this is where I have to guess. I think it means anybody who listens in any browser, because you know how like every browser says that they're like Mozilla? Right. Um, because there's no freaking way that Mozilla would come, the re- actual Mozilla <laughs> no. would come in ahead of Safari. <laughs> no. um, and then Downcast at a respectable 1,900, Pocket Casts at 1,700, Instacast, Castro, and then way down at 200, poor old Apple Core Media for iPod. (laughs) (laughs) Very sad. Not many. (laughs) And I figure I would have said a a year ago, I would have joked that one of them was John Syracuse, but now he's got an iPhone. (laughs) That's right. No, so I do have good stats like that. That's interesting. But to me, it's crazy that they still stick i uh, podcasts in the iTunes. I, I don't even yeah. know why. Yeah, and I wonder if some of it is just about they, they feel like if they put put it in a different app now that people are going to not open the other app, particularly for you know like a new service like music. Well, and I guess and I guess it's so that there's you know I mean they're called I, I even. I tweet this or blog it. I always forget. But, you know, it's funny that we call them podcasts, but nobody listens on iPods anymore. Everybody listens yeah. on, on iPhones and stuff. Um, but if you do listen to it on your uh, iPod and it's not an iPod touch, it's, you know, like an iPod iPod, then I guess you still need to sync it from iTunes. Right. So I guess I guess I understand why they haven't taken it out for people who need to sync to an iPod, but for anybody who just wants to listen to it, I really think it ought to be a standalone app, even on the Mac, that you know works just like the iOS podcast app. Yeah. But what do I know? Huh. Maybe that's next. Yeah, I don't know. Keep hoping. The, well. <laughs> That in the that in the um, app store for the Apple TV. <laughs> <laughs> Someday they'll come. All right, let me take a break and thank our first sponsor. It is our good friends at Casper. Casper makes an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. Just the right sink, just the right bounce. Uh, they don't they don't give you all these different types of mattresses to choose from. They've got one type of technology. They combine latex foam and memory foam. They come together for one style of mattress, uh, and you're going to sleep great on this thing. Uh, free delivery, painless returns, and their mattresses are made right here in the USA, right here in the USA. Uh, here's the prices. If you know anything about shop, if you, if you shop for a mattress anytime in your adult life, you know that it, it's a 
there's no other word for it than a racket. It's an absolute racket. You go to like Mattress USA or something like that, and you shop the Sealy or whatever brand you want, and you write them down. You write down what they cost, what the model names are. You drive across town to, uh, you know, Mattress King or whatever the hell the next store is called, and you look at the same brand, and you look at the mattresses. They all have different names, and they so there's no way to compare. They do this on purpose so that they it really is. It's like a racket where the, each store gets their own like model names from the same manufacturer, so that you can't price compare and all the prices are high anyway and they've got you know 11 mattresses set up that you're supposed to like lay on them in the retail store gross number one gross uh <laughs> that's how you get lice it's a probably a very good way to get lice uh here's the prices from casper and uh 500 bucks for two uh, or not for two for twin size mattress, nine fifty for a king size mattress, and then in between twin and king, or you know all the price points in between five hundred nine fifty nine hundred fifty dollars for a premium king size mattress is crazy. You're never going to beat that at like retail mattress stores. It's an outstanding price point for a great mattress. Here's the thing though, you don't get to try it beforehand. You don't even get to you know sit on it or anything like that. You got to trust it. But here's the deal: they have. Uh, uh, guaranteed. I think it's like forty days. I don't know. So, oh, hundred days. Hundred day. Uh, guarantee. So you buy this thing. It shows up for free, and and they vacuum pack it in in this crazy box that's like the size of like a big big dorm room refrigerator. Shows up. They give you a special tool. You take it up to the bedroom where you want it. You open this thing up, and and it makes a really cool sound, and then it sucks up all the air, and then all of a sudden you've got a mattress. Uh. You've got 100 days from that point to sleep on this thing. And if you don't like it, uh, you just go to their website. Uh, no hassle. They, they just go there. You say, I, I don't like this mattress. Give me my money back. And then they take care. They send like a UPS guy to like get the mattress out of your house. And that's it. It's gone. Um, that's how sure they are that you're going to like it. Uh, I, I don't think anybody ever takes takes them up on it. It's a great mattress. Uh, they sent me one last year. It, it's like brand new right now. Um so here's where you go to find out more. You're shopping for a mattress. You can't not beat these guys. Uh, the other cool thing, I don't know how many of you guys live in New York, but my understanding is that if you live in New York City, they, they you can get this like same day, and they bring it with like a guy straps it to his back and brings it to your house on a bicycle. Uh, that's that's how crazy these the boxes are <laughs> that these things are. So it might be worth it to buy one of these just to see the guy show up <laughs> with a mattress on his back. Uh, Here's the deal. Go to casper.com slash the talk show. It used to be caspersleep.com. They got a better domain. They upgraded. It's casper.com, C-A-S-P-E-R.com slash the talk show. And by using that code, the talk show, I think if you just go to the URL, the coupon's applied. Uh, otherwise, just remember the coupon, the talk show, all one word, and you'll save 50 bucks. So they're already low prices. You'll save 50 bucks. Uh, terms and conditions apply. I don't know what the terms and conditions are, but it's a good deal. And I know a lot of listeners have taken them up on this and I've gotten a lot of feedback from people who are like, it really did sound crazy to buy a mattress from a podcast, but I did and it was great. So my thanks to Casper. One of the conditions is no lice. Yeah, no lice. That's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> nobody has ever, nobody has ever laid on this mattress before. Guaranteed lice free. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, how about the, um, cause this is the thing I wrote the other day is 
just thinking about Apple Music and the problems people are having and the comp- my problems. It seems to me like everything's working for me. It's just that I'm confused about how it's supposed to work. Right. Compare and contrast with the new iCloud photo library, which I was more worried about because I care much more about my photos than I do my music. Um, and I have backups of everything and I've, you know, I've got stuff, but I just, I, I don't know. I just worried that it wasn't going to work. Um, and you know, I, and I backed up my phone beforehand so that if, if I turned on this thing on, and it erased my photo library on my phone, I could just restore the phone to where I was before I turned it off. I did, you know, I backed up my Mac, I backed up my phone and I turned this thing on, you know, a couple of weeks ago, whenever, um, and it, you know, again, everybody's had the same sort of first reaction. If you have thousands of photos, I think I've got like 17 or 18,000 photos total, um, from my old iPhoto library and what I took on the phone, um, it did take a while for them to sync initially. I don't know, a couple of days, something like that. Um, and then, but lo and behold, like, you know, maybe like a day or two, two days after I signed up for this thing and turned it on, on all my devices, all of my devices have all my photos. And when I take a photo with my phone, uh, by the time I go to my Mac, if even if I'm just sitting here at my desk and I go to the photos app, there it is. It's right there at the bottom of my, you know, all your photos. Uh, it is, you know, and, and for people who say Apple never gets cloud services right or something like this, I would say the photos thing seems like an example where they did. Have you tried it? I have not. I'm actually fiddling with it right now. <laughs> um, because Just because I'm a, I was afraid of that initial sync process taking so long. Um, and also the, just the fact that I felt like I was going to probably have to upgrade the storage space because I didn't think I was going to, because I think my libraries, and that was the other thing I was trying to do is figure out how big my library is. But that's always been my problem is that I just have too many pictures and a lot of them are just crap and should be thrown away. But I don't want to go through that process of going through every single thing and, and trying to figure out what should go and what should stay. So I have not done it yet, but yeah, it sounds I- like maybe I should. And, you know, and I tweeted, I guess I, or I blogged about it yesterday, and, and a couple people on Twitter, you know, uh, obviously it's not working for 100% of all people. There's some, you know, I don't know. Does anything ever work for 100% of all people? I don't know. But it seems to me like there are a lot fewer people encountering problems with the I, iCloud photo library than there are people encountering fo- problems with the music. And, mm-hmm. and conceptually, to me, it is very, very simple, right? It's all of your photos and all of your albums. Yeah across all your devices and if you you know you have two options download the originals to this device whether it's a Mac or iOS thing and that means you get the the original image that was taken from the camera or optimize you know and this is this if there's something that's you know a little hand wavy it's what does this optimize photo storage mean um, you know it, it, it somehow it means you don't get on this device you don't get the full res versions will iCloud will resize them to you know, make sense on your device. And so I guess you get smaller ones on your phone and bigger ones on your Mac. But in either case, if you turn on optimized storage, you're not going to get the the original image. Um, the, the complaint I've seen on Twitter from people is that even with optimized photo storage on, it still takes up too much space, that it's, you know, taking up 10 or 20 gigabytes on people's phones. Mm-hmm. And they don't have that much space maybe because they bought a 16 gigabyte phone or 20 or 32 or something like that. 
which is a reasonable complaint. But then if you have, I guess the argument would be that if you have a, a, a space constricted device, storing your entire photo library, even optimized is not a good idea for that device. Right. Because I don't know what the solution would be. I guess this, I guess Apple could, in theory, store r- r- even tinier thumbnails or something. You know, I, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Isn't that what the Google, ser- I mean, the Google service goes down real low, doesn't it? I guess because, and maybe that just is their web-based roots showing. Because you know, something like Flickr mm-hmm. or any kind of web-based photo storage service, it, there's the idea that it even could download all your photos doesn't even make sense because there's no way to you know you only get five megabytes of local storage or whatever the limit is for a website with local storage mm-hmm. where is is that stored in yeah there it is um oh no that's not it oh there it is okay yeah so my my library is like almost 50 gigs your so, iphoto library my photos library Oh, because you you have upgraded to photos. You're still- I've upgraded to photos. Yes. Right. Um, how many? How many? Not turned on. How many? Eighty-five hundred. How, how many pictures photos. is it? Eighty-five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got sixteen thousand five hundred. You know, the big things are probably the videos. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Does it sync the videos too? Yeah. 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 They call it photos, but it's just it's it's right. just like photos on your um, on your phone on the phone. It really means anything you shot with a camera. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it would certainly be very nice to have, but I just I don't feel like paying for an extra <laughs> an extra service because that's not going to fit. No, that is not going to fit. Well, what are you? You still on? The, you're on the free tier. Yeah, I'm still on the free tier. Yeah. Yeah, that ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. But that raises a good point, though. That it, it's twofold would be which was a uh, why is the free tier still just five gigabytes for this company with two hundred <laughs> again and it seems like it always comes up when you're on the show it's like let's spend right. Tim Cook's money exactly <laughs> and and so we'll <laughs> put in our that. we'll put in our standard claim disclaimer here that we understand we're not trying to say we're know it alls and we know more than Apple how to spend money but. Uh, you know, and that the way that you accumulate two hundred billion dollars in cash is by you know maybe not <laughs> spending your money willy nilly on every idea that two idiots on a podcast say that you should spend money on. I'm just saying it seems to me though, given what other companies with less money than Apple offer for free storage, um, it just seems to me like maybe Apple could be a little bit more competitive in that regard as to how big the free tier is and that it would be in their interest in terms of getting more people to use this, uh, you know, the, the photo syncing, which I think they've put a lot of work into and would like people to use. Right. And then the flip side would be the, the uh, 16 gigabyte devices thing. Yeah, completely. Because yeah. even if... You know, and and this was like when I asked Phil Schiller on on stage uh, last month. Uh, part of his answer defending the sixteen gigabyte devices is that more and more of people's storage is cloud based. But even if you know, as as these people responding to me on Twitter are pointing out, even if you turn on optimized photo storage, um, if you have a lot of photos, it still consumes an awful lot of storage on your device. Mm-hmm. Or at least awful lot if you have a 16 gigabyte device. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, if you have a 16 gigabyte device, you basically don't have any room to spare. Yeah, it's really, it's just, it's, <laughs> and I lived with a four gigabyte phone for two years. Well, I think it makes sense. This is one of the differences between the music and photos. If you just use the streaming for Apple Music, I guess that makes a lot of sense on a 16 gigabyte device, right? That you don't have anything stored locally or almost nothing, that it really is just cached. Um, and you're listening to the, you know, the Beats One radio station or something like that. That's fantastic, right? That you can listen to a wide variety of music. You can search for music. You can get the urge to listen to a certain artist. And as long as you've got the bandwidth, if you, you know, you know, you've got Wi-Fi or enough space on your cellular plan, you can just listen to it without worrying about the storage. Um, but with the photos, even again, there's just no way to 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 participate in this if you have a lot of photos in your library without using some significant degree of local storage. Mm -hmm. And 16 gigabytes just is is pretty brutally short for that. <laughs> and they don't really sell an eight gigabyte phone anymore, do they? Uh, not new, but they but not not top tier. But if you go and buy you, like an iPhone 5C, it's only eight. Is gigabytes. it still? Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh god. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, they still do. Yeah, so for all my yeah, complaints yeah, I mean, about they, 16, you know, they still sell, you know, that's I consider that selling it. I mean, you can you can buy it on lock for four hundred fifty dollars, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, if there's a Eight buy now, phone. if there's a buy now next to button next to it on on <laughs> on the website, I guess yes, technically it is <laughs> yeah, for <right>. sale. <laughs> but yeah, I think your only choice, yeah, your only choice if you buy a five C yeah. today is to get an eight gigabyte, right? Um, and you know it's just the way that it works. So if they don't move the baseline for the the brand new top tier 6s and and 6s plus, which again I'm just guessing that's what they're going to do in September. If they don't move the baseline up to 32, then I I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to you know if they keep the storage tiers the same, it seems like all the storage tiers will be the same, and then the mid tier one is still going to be only 16 gigabytes, and the Low end one might still only be eight gigabytes, which seems yeah, crazy. That seems crazy. That seems completely crazy. I mean, the good news is that they, you know, have have done the work to make iOS nine require a lot less storage space initially to upgrade, um, which is was definitely. I mean, they pretty much flat out said it was a problem at WWDC mm -hmm. for for iOS eight. Um, but for a lot of this stuff, it really is... Yeah, you couldn't even upgrade your phone. Right. And it's like... And it really... It, it it's really starts to... With, especially, I think, with the camera stuff, really starts to directly conflict, where it's like, how can they brag about how nice the camera is and how, how high the quality is of the video? <laughs> when you can store about four pictures. Right. <laughs> you can take one panoramic photo. <laughs> <laughs> burst mode up to two images <laughs> now i know we've talked i think we've talked about this before but uh would you would you go back to the four inch phone oh that's a great question uh i in theory i would uh and in fact i just spent almost a week using my four inch iphone 5s because i uh I had I put iOS nine on it and I 
put my SIM card in it so I could, you know, actually try mm-hmm. it. I've since gone and upgraded my my regular iPhone six to the the latest iOS nine beta because it's that it's I at least for me don't you know if you go to switch to the iOS nine beta and your phone dies don't don't complain to me, <laughs> but for me at least it is it seems at least as solid as iOS eight so. Why not? And I really, really like the San Francisco font, and I, you know, it's good for testing and stuff. But I spent a week using it on my 5s before I, you know, took the plunge with my iPhone six, uh, and I really, really liked it. Really, really, I yeah. love, I love the size, and I yeah. know that the screen is smaller, and yeah. you know, I'm, I'm rocketing it's... towards needing reading <laughs> glasses, um, so I appreciate the bigger screen size. But just as something to carry around, I, I, I would do it. But the big but is here's here's how I think they're going to do the phones this year, and I don't I don't even think it's that hard to predict. I think they'll come out with an iPhone 6s and an iPhone 6s Plus, and they will be exactly at the prices of the current iPhone 6 and iPhone 6 Plus, and it'll have a new A9 system on a chip instead of the A8, and it'll have a new camera in both. Uh, and I guess when people say the, the rumor is that there's going to be a uh, uh, a rose gold option, that makes sense to me. And you know, just like when they first went to the iPhone five uh, S was when they added the gold, just so there's mm-hmm. something that looks like some different, yeah. And you can tell it change that you can tell at a glance. This is the new one. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll even anodize the the aluminum differently, go from space gray to space black, or something like that on the black one. But just you know, just a color difference or something like that. Uh, then I think one tier down, they will have a new phone called the iPhone six C, which right. would be, I think, four inches, mm-hmm. uh, possibly all new colors compared to the five C. I just would be- think so. Well, probably the iPod colors. That's right. I, yeah, exactly. Like instead of that sort of pastelly palette, maybe yeah. more of like a bold, bolder colors, like the new, like the new uh, iPods. Yeah, exactly. Which is, the, I mean, and they come in silver and gold too. Yeah. Well, but I don't think they would do that with plastic. You don't think they would do those with? Oh yeah, because these aren't pl- the iPods are not plastic. No, they're aluminum. Yeah. All right. But I think colors like those colors. Yeah. But I think it'll be, uh, you know, the same type of plasticky case at, that the 5C has. And, you know, yep. just just with new colors. A8. A8. Uh, the camera from the six iPhone 6. Um, and because the case is thicker, it won't have the little nubbin sticking out. It'll sit flush. Um, it'll be just like an iPhone 6, except a four-inch screen and a plastic exterior. Which is a great phone, and I'd be very tempted by it, but I suspect I'll be an idiot and buy the the, <laughs> the bigger one because I want the camera, really. More, even more than the faster system on a chip is I want the best camera possible. Hmm. I think I might get it. I would be very tempted, though. Yeah, I, really I think, I, think I, I really just prefer that size. And, I'm, and I held one of those. Uh, a friend had one... Um, the 5c you know i'd held them before but i held it again recently and i really liked it it just felt really good i mean the plastic even the plastic felt it's a nice plastic and the seams are well put together it's a it's a nice little phone so i actually think i'm gonna go i'm gonna go down yeah i could see it what do you have right now a six 
<laughs> so it'd be yeah. a new same, phone. It's with, the same, but the same right. phone, just a smaller, smaller size in plastic. <laughs> as long as it's, I can get, because I have a 64, so that would be, I guess that would be a question, is, is if I could get a 64. Oh, yeah, I wonder. Because hmm. uh, I don't, well, actually, no, I think the. What do they sell now with the iPhone 5S? I'm trying to figure out. 16 and 16, 30. 1632, right? Yeah. So what you need is you need Apple to up the minimum. Right. They would have to update the. If they go 32, 64, 128, then the two tiers for the mid-tier one would be 32 and 64. Yeah. I, so I that could see. Right. Yeah, I could see them doing it. I really could. And then and then I think the um I guess the 5S moves down to become the the That's the, weird though. The free phone? That's See, a little that's weird. weird. That's right? where it, maybe they keep the 5C around, you know, and they have the 5C and the 6C. Uh. <laughs> it is it is a little weird. That's because, the bottom part. Yeah, the bottom part is what's what's confusing to me. What do they do down there? Because they have to have a free phone. Right. And it. I guess the reason it seems a little weird to have the 5S be the free one is without turning it on and without knowing what the specs are of the system on a chip or the camera, it just looks like it's the more premium device compared mm-hmm. to the plastic 5C. Right. right. So I don't know. Doesn't it seem like they could just do a 5S? I mean, 5S internals in plastic? Yeah, but what would they call it? They already have a 5C. 5CS. 5CS. <laughs> this is this is in, the Apple circa 1993 would have been done. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the performa. The performa. The, the iPhone performa. The performer 6400 CD. <laughs> well, of course it's called the CD. It has a compact disc player. <laughs> That's the one I have. <laughs> The performer's 640i CD. <laughs> it has uh, Wi-Fi. Of course we have to put an I in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you say? So what do you think? Do you think you think you're going to go smaller? I, I well, if I can get 64, I think I will. If if it if what we're describing is what it is, if it's a if it's basically iPhone 6 internals in a plastic case and the cases are not the the current ones. The colors are not the current ones. They're the more like the current iPod ones than the current 5C. Uh, and I can get 64 gigs. I will probably go with the, what are we calling it? 6S. 6C. 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 I think it'll yeah. be called the 6C. Yeah. Uh, and I totally, I do, and, and having spent a week with it just now, and I've never done that before, you know, like usually by, you know, nine months into the iPhone cycle, I can't go back to the old one because it feels too slow. Um you know, but the 5S to me totally holds up and it feels a little bit slower than the 6, but not much. Um, it's like a really good phone. The 5, mm-hmm. 5S is to me like probably the best phone they've ever made. Like it's it's hold, it's held up past its prime better than any previous phone. Yeah. And I and I miss that form factor. Right. That and that, and that phone to me is, is was the pinnacle <laughs> of, of iPhone technology. And just the way that the sides are flat and the size of it, it feels to me like I couldn't drop it if I wanted to. Like uh-huh. it just, it just feels like undroppable. Whereas you know, the six just feels, just still feels like you know, it's it's like a little, a, it's slippery. It's a bar of soap every time you take it out. Yeah. Well, they don't listen to us, so nope, never. 
No, they listen to you, but they don't listen to me. <laughs> uh, let me do another uh, sponsor, and it is our good friends. This it is a coincidence. I I don't set these sponsor schedules, but to me, it's it's the happy sort of coincidence that works out. Um, you know, it it just shows that we're living life right, John. It's our friends at Hello H U L L O. They make you know what they make? They make pillows. You've oh, ever wow. tried it? Have you ever tried a buckwheat whole pillow? I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> a buckwheat whole pillow. It's uh, been popular. I may Pop, have. It's popular. It's been popular for centuries throughout Asia. Yeah. So yeah. So, so as a matter of fact, I have. It's it's you know in in very broad terms, it is like sort of like a beanbag pillow, but they're not. It's not beans. It's uh, buckwheat holes. Um, sounds crazy. I know when I first heard about it, I thought, well, that sounds stupid. Um, but it's not. You get it. It's also very heavy. It's very heavy. It's it's a pillow stuffed with these buckwheat holes. You know, you shake it. It shakes like a like a beanbag. Um, uh, here's the thing. It is. It makes it much more adjustable. The pillow uh, conforms perfectly to the shape of your head and your neck, uh, and it really works no matter how you sleep. Do you sleep f- flat on your back? Are you on your belly? Are you on your side? Doesn't matter. The pillow. Uh, you you know just puff it up a little bit and it fits perfectly. Um, air, here's the big difference. One of the big differences, and I've noticed this, the air flows freely through the the buckwheat holes fill. The fill keeps it cool all night long. Like the pillow doesn't get hot because of your hot, sweaty, disgusting head uh, like, a, like a traditional Western-style pillow. Uh, how do you adjust the thickness? What if, it's, what if you think that, that the pillow as it comes out of the box is too thick? Easy. All you do is just unzip it. There's there's a cover. You take the cover off. You unzip it, and you just take some of the buckwheat holes out, and then you have a thinner pillow. Just take them out. It's it's couldn't be easier. Uh, here's another product that is made in the USA with quality construction, quality materials. It's really really nice. Pre shrunken and durable twill cotton case. Uh, a high quality hidden zipper from Dunlap. Uh, and the uh, buckwheat holes are grown and milled in North Dakota, uh, good old USA. It's a very environmentally friendly and organic product. There's no chemicals, no foams, no bird feathers, 100% unbleached certified organic cotton on the outside. Uh, and, you know, it, it's the same type thing. You get a deal, 60 days, buy this pillow. You got 60 nights, and if you're not satisfied, they'll give you a full refund. No questions asked. They'll just take it right back. Uh, free shipping, fast free shipping in, in the con- contiguous U.S. So you got to be in the, the lower 48. Sorry, Alaska. Sorry, uh, Hawaii. Uh, and sorry to my listeners in, in uh, Europe. But if you're in the uh, 48 uh, lower U.S. states, free shipping. There you go. Uh, so here's the here's the prices. Small size, forty nine bucks. Uh, you can save five bucks on each additional one you get. Uh, standard is seventy nine, and then the king size pillow is one twenty nine. Uh, here's where you go. You go to Hello Pillow. H U L L O P I L L O W. H U L L O Pillow dot com slash talk show. No the just slash talk show. Uh, and 1% of all of their profits are contributed to the Nature Conservancy. So you can, thanks to this show alone, you can totally redo the way you sleep. Get a new mattress, get a new pillow. Uh, 
Uh, that yeah, sorry. And, and Saren, you go Saren to that URL and it says "Welcome Daring Fire Fireballers." <laughs> there you go. With your see logo. that? That's there you nice. go. You're already buying a pillow. <laughs> I'm really considering it. I used one in Japan. Um, slept fine. Yeah, it's it sounded crazy to me. Apparently, it again. I it's not, I know it's part of the 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 material they gave me, but it it's from what I've gathered, it actually is very common in yeah uh, in Asia. Yeah, and that's the I mean the one thing that it does really well is like support your like if you have got neck support problems, this is probably a really good solution because that and that's what I spend I spend most of my day configuring my pillow for neck support for before I go to bed. <laughs> Because I'm because I'm old, <laughs> so uh, something like this helps a lot. <laughs> I know it's it's one of those things where you know, let's face it, a hundred years from now, we're they're going to look back at us, and everybody's probably going to be a vegetarian. You know, all the stuff we're doing <laughs> with right, savages. I mean, well, or, I, just, I was, or or that like that grown that meat grown in a lab. I yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Hope by the time I'm an old man, hopefully we'll we'll be able to switch to that. Because I was gonna say, isn't it? It is kind of disgusting to think about the fact that a lot of you know a lot of us have slept a lot of time in a sack full of plucked bird feathers. <laughs> like if you don't call it a pillow and you just call it a sack full of plucked feathers, <laughs> it's it it's is a little seems, weird. It, it well, we're laughing because it's weird and gross. But if you step, you know, take a deep breath and think about it, it seems a little inhumane. I have to say, <laughs> and which I realize yeah, like is, there's like a naked goose walking around someplace, right? Which is you know, this uh, is cruel. I know, which is a little bit you know hypocritical from someone who eats two or three steaks a week. <laughs> <laughs> like I realize that somewhere there's a cow about to be slaughtered to be turned into a steak. Who is like, hey, if you want to pluck my hair out. <laughs> I'd much prefer. Right. <laughs> Let's make a deal. Did you see that uh, the thing with that El Chapo guy down in Mexico? No. You didn't see this? The drug no. the drug guy who who broke out of prison? Oh, I saw, I, I saw an oblique reference to that. What? So you fill me in on that. So I forget his real name, but everybody just calls him El Chapo. He's yeah. He's a Mexican... Drug Lord Kingpin, sort of a uh, who was the guy who was the head of the Medellin cartel uh, back in the eighties was real famous. You know, he's like you know he's a, like he's a guy who's you know like hundreds and hundreds and millions of dollars in drug profits. And you know, a couple of years ago they caught him and they locked him up and he busted out of prison and he went on the lam. And uh, then the, you know the U.S. got involved and uh, uh, last year they caught him again. And apparently, with you know what they said, was it's kind of an interesting story. It's it, it, you read it. It's is that the official story was that it was with some intelligence from the United States, and then the Mexican, you know, national, you know, their equivalent of the FBI, busted the guy at like, like a resort hotel somewhere in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like life life on the lamb was apparently really tough for this guy. Um, but there's reports now uh, from other people that it wasn't even the the Mexican special police. It was U.S. DEA agents wearing the Mexican federal police uniforms f- 
just for the optics, you know, that they, you know, that it didn't look, it, it doesn't look good to people in Mexico if you, U.S., you know, law mm-hmm. enforcement agents are running around Mexico. But they arrested the guy and the U.S. said, let us take this guy, extradite him, let us charge him in the U.S. Come on, the guy busted out. Uh, and and as they were arresting him and, you know, arraigned him, whatever they call it, the guy swore, he stood up and he said, you know, I'm going to bust out again. <laughs> <laughs> and the Mexican government said, "No, you're not. Not this time. We're putting you in a supermax prison. You know, you're, it's unbreakable." And uh, <laughs> and now the guy broke out again. It broke. It busted right out. My my joke is that they run the place like Arkham Asylum. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but there's video in his room. He was never so, in there in the first place. So the story that they said the day after he broke out is that they uh, somebody you know sympathetic to his cause, some of the guys from his his you know his cartel, they uh, they started making a building. There was a building that was put up like a, a cinder block type you know very very simple structure about a mile outside the prison, and then inside this building they they dug a hole and they started <laughs> digging. They dug a tunnel underneath the prison right into his cell. And then they cut like a little twenty inch by twenty inch uh, square hole in the shower. In the shower, that's what. In, yeah. the, uh, in his cell, and so there's video footage. His his cell was under twenty four hour, seven day a week surveillance, video surveillance. So they have the footage. He, he just he's in there pacing for a couple of minutes, and then he walks over to his bed and puts on a pair of shoes, and he walks into the shower, and he and he just disappears. <laughs> he just goes down a hole. <laughs> um. And apparently they're 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 really good. His cartel is is sort of uh, has you know like mining level expertise at digging these tunnels because apparently that's how they get a lot of the drugs into the United States. That they've got okay. like a <laughs> of course they've got right. like a network of tunnels like this. But uh, you know, but it, it, it's a mile and a little you know hand hand uh, dug tunnel. But. Uh, but they had like a little track down there. It's pretty cool. They have pictures of it. You know, they've shown the media. They 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 rigged up like a uh, like a dirt bike, like a little motorcycle onto a track, <laughs> so he didn't have to crawl the whole way. And and they had like lights down there too. He had you know, but then he could just get on this little bike that's on a track, and then it would uh, it just scooted him right out to this building, and now now he's gone. <laughs> yeah, lighted. It says lighted and ventilated tunnel, nearly a mile long. Yeah. But now it's there's uh, there's some there's some there's some controversy about it though because apparently they have not let anybody from the media uh, they've let people from the media down into the tunnel and they've let people into his cell and look at the hole that was dug and shine like a flashlight down there but nobody has verified that the tunnel goes all the way from this building right into his cell and there's the so the conspiracy theory is that he didn't even have to do that he that that part was faked so there'd be like some kind of cover story but that for him getting know, out but yeah but that the corruption is so bad so, oh, so just, somebody like just waltzed them out the front door yeah that you know somebody you know decided you know and there's there's a couple of people who work in the prison who've been arrested already for you know not doing their jobs but that maybe they took it you know maybe he cut them a deal where it's like you know i'll send your family so much money you know you'll do right. a couple of years you know you'll do five years or whatever right. but i'll make it worth yeah. your while and they did you know and then they made this fake tunnel just to have a cover story <laughs> i don't know either way though, i like I, I don't know i like the i like the i like the previous I like to think that they made the whole tunnel. Yeah, I do too. 
that's just that's much more that's much more romantic the other one is uh is uh disappointing that is just simple corruption <laughs> i i don't mean to laugh i mean it's you know yeah it's not it's not great it's, that he's out but right but, i mean i guess you know, they didn't kill anybody on the way out but he'll probably kill you know, somebody oh and the other thing the <laughs> this is the other part that makes it so amusing is uh that <laughs> he got into it or some either he or somebody with his official Twitter account got into a bit of a, a ruckus with Donald Trump. <laughs> Have you heard this? No. What was I asleep all week? Yeah. I don't know. So Don, I guess he busted out, and Donald Trump it this fit right into Donald Trump's narrative that uh, you know that that uh, the, the Mexico is not to be trusted, and you know that there's. Uh, you know, sort of a criminal element running wild down there or whatever. I don't know. Donald Trump uh, shot his mouth off that if he were president, okay. you know, nobody would be breaking out of, uh, yeah. uh, you know. Mexico. I did see that. I didn't understand it. I didn't because I didn't know who El Chapo was. Uh, <laughs> but but then uh, after he shot his mouth off, there was some like, uh, uh, like an unofficial... Uh, Twitter account for El Chapo that that tweeted at Donald Trump that he better shut his mouth and watch his back. El Chapo's El Chapo's media intern fired back angrily. (laughs) (laughs) That's gonna look interesting on a resume. (laughs) I was the social I was the social media manager for El Chapo. I just like the idea that the guy busted out of a second, you know, like the the most secure yeah. prison in all of Mexico for the second time with all this publicity, and then he gets on Twitter and starts getting upset that Donald Trump is talking bad about him. <laughs> so anyway, if anybody out there is listening from El Chapo's <laughs> crew, we're highly <laughs> respectful. We are, we are, and you know, hats off to you for escaping. No, no insult, no insult implied. We don't need any trouble. El Chapo put. What does it say here? I just, I just googled this. El Chapo puts a hundred million dollar bounty for Donald Trump dead. Well, that's from TMZ. I don't know if that's true. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Only yeah. Only if only if it comes straight from El Chapo's Twitter account. Can you? Can you trust it? <laughs> I wonder if he has the check mark. <laughs> <laughs> verified, verified El Chapo. <laughs> uh, all right. What else is going on? I uh, uh, bit of follow up. Bit of follow up okay. on with uh, Jason Snell on the previous episode. We had talked about uh, the, the new Pebble Time smartwatch. And uh, I complained about the the uh, my two big complaints about the one that I bought were that the screen it was very very low contrast I couldn't read it, uh, and the fonts are too small, and that the uh, the the vibration alert is way too strong and powerful. Um, so they came out in the meantime. I guess they did listen to my show. They put out a software update that gives you a little bit of control over the screen and over the. Uh, uh, taptic response. And so I got some email from people who are like, holy cow, you just complained about this. You know, they fixed it. it, it 
doesn't really fix either of them, in my opinion. Uh, the taptic thing maybe a little bit, but it still is is uh, taptic thing. It seems to me I, I installed the update. It does seem like turning that down lessens the feeling like I'm getting an electric shock when it vibrates on my wrist. Um, but it's still loud. I still can hear it. Uh, and the brightness thing isn't doesn't solve any of the problems at all because the brightness is only when the backlight is on and mm-hmm. it is brighter and that can help a little bit, but it doesn't help the contrast at all. And it doesn't help at all with the, the lack of contrast when the backlight isn't on at all. So I, I still have to give a thumbs down to the, to the uh, pebble time. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that pebble pebble is in the, those, uh, <laughs> smartwatch, uh, market share numbers that came out. I guess so. I gotta take uh, a look here. Yeah, that's a that's part of the news from this week where yeah. the uh, the smartwatch. It doesn't say specifically; it just says Apple, Samsung, and others. And Pebble. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is Pebble? I would think Pebble would be bigger than Samsung, but I really have no idea. Yeah, I don't know about that. Samsung might be ahead of Pebble, but Pebble's okay. got to rank somewhere on there. I mean, it's they've sold, you know. Yeah, well, they only <laughs> they only have three: Apple, Samsung, and others. <laughs> so this is um, strategy analytics saying that Apple Watch captures seventy five percent global smartwatch market share in Q two two thousand fifteen, hmm. which doesn't. I mean, you know, that doesn't seem terribly surprising. Even though, uh, even though nobody really knows how many they shipped, no, nobody knows. So, <laughs> so there. <laughs> but on the other Thank hand, you nobody, know, you're wrong. On the other hand, nobody knows how many Samsung has ever shipped because Samsung stopped right. reporting all those numbers for everything, not just for watches, but for smartphones and stuff too. A while ago, so yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I yeah. And I was, I was talking guess. about this with Dan and and um, Guy on our show and um i just we weren't why i mean why is apple why is apple the one that seems to report all this stuff and nobody else does yeah it's always a little funny to me that apple which has long had the reputation as being the most secretive of companies is the one that you know reveals the most about its Mm -hmm. sales and stuff like that yeah and and now that they're not there's they're still being held to a different standard Amazon doesn't even know how to put put a label on an access. <laughs> I like that people well, like report numbers. Snell Snell when he was tweeting uh, or posting some of the results, you know, from all the companies that posted stuff, uh, uh, you know, in the last week or two. Because uh, in the interim, Apple has reported its quarterly results, and a couple other companies did too. He calls them Amazon charts. <laughs> so among the many charts he made for Apple's uh, quarterly results, is he made one for Apple Watch sales, and it's <laughs> it just, just has a bunch of quarters with it's nothing, a then a, a line going up, <laughs> then a line going up, and with no access. Yeah. Q3 up, sales are up from since before it went on sale (laughs) yeah the first quarter is really the best right (laughs) they just they just shoot straight up i mean there's so what i haven't i haven't really been paying attention what has happened to apple's stock price since then i know overnight when it first when they first released uh 
their results. Their stock dropped uh, something like 6% overnight. Yeah, it looks like it's still down. Although it's, it seems like it's returned a little bit. Down from when, though? Well, from before so they it, reported the results. Yeah. So it's at 1.22 now. Yeah, before they uh, announced their results, it was up around like 1.30-ish, 1.32. still way up for the year. Yeah. But, but it's, it's kind just, of, but it's been sort of flat since about February. You know, going, I mean, going up and down, but not yeah. really getting out of that same range. Yeah. Which, you know, uh, uh, on the whole, I'm, you know, again, what am I? Am I a financial expert? No. <laughs> but it it seems to make sense to me that a, a large, very large and predictable company should have a relatively stable <laughs> stock. <laughs> Like I, I don't know. To me, it's it has been, and I can laugh because I don't have my money in Apple. Uh, but I, and I worry sometimes. I was thinking about it the other day that I crack jokes about the volatility of Apple's stock price, and it occurred to me that there's probably an awful lot of people who read Daring Fireball and listen to this show who it's not, not very funny not at all. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh and again and i don't think it's you know i don't think it's the knee jerk oh well they're you know they're they're fans of apple so they you know put their money in apple i think it's probably because they're smart people and it's been a very good buy for a long time uh and i think that a reasonable person uh could reasonably expect that their future is remains bright Mm-hmm. You know, so I, this is nothing to do with you know investing in a company because you're a fan. I think it's smart, right. and I think that when they <laughs> when they reveal record breaking quarterly results <laughs> and this and the market cap drops fifty billion dollars in after hours trading, it's not very funny at all. <laughs> Why are we laughing? I don't know. <laughs> I do think, in all seriousness, though, I think. And and again, I'm not an expert. I, I you know I know that you know one of the strategic differences the company has made in this Tim Cook era from the Steve Jobs era is that they've gotten involved in uh, the stock buybacks and the um, uh, what do you call it when they give money back to the dividends. shareholders dividends. Um, the dividends, I don't know, maybe not so much, but with the stock buybacks, that it actually, you know, it's it's a way to mitigate that because presumably, if if Apple's smart, they waited until after they announced these results to do more to of the stock, <laughs> right? That you know, if they could, if they are smart enough to foresee that the that the fact that there's so many people whose expectations were so yeah. high that this was considered disappointing, even though it broke records, you know. That, well, I guess that that's would, the nice that's the nice thing about being an Apple investor currently is that even if the stock is flat, there are other things that make it an attractive buy. Right. Right. That you, you know, just sit there and hold it and you're going to yeah. make more money than you would uh, right. you know, just, compared yeah. to compared to interest <laughs> rates. Right. Or spending it like I do. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, 5, you look at the 5-year um it's it's pretty good. It's got you know there's like a, there was a big there was kind of a run up in 2012 and then it came back down towards the end. But yeah. since then it's been climbing fairly steadily. Yeah, if you smooth out 2012 to 2013, it still goes up. You know, yep. it went, but it's you know it's in the long run it looks like a, a 
uh, clearly an anomaly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, boy. If you it, look I mean, at it the, seems like we got we got over the the fear that Tim Cook was not you know not the man for the job. Well, it's but it, but the 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 run up was under Tim Cook too, because Jobs died at the end of 2011. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. there was sort of I think there was sort of a I think there was a mania in 2012 where there was holy shit they didn't they didn't just shut the doors right <laughs> they didn't just shut the doors it seems like the company is still you know employees are still showing up for work there's the lights are still on in Cupertino right. so there was like a mania and they ran it up and then there was the uh, the second half of the year, which is boy, some of the best claim chowder of all time, where the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, <laughs> the Apple board should fire Tim Cook. Why is it taking so long for the Apple board to fire Tim Cook? <laughs> Those are good times. Good times. I bet. It, again, I bet that was a great time to be Tim Cook. <laughs> not that he was worried. I'm sure he wasn't no, worried. No, that... no, not at all. I thought it was funny. <laughs> You know, Al Gore's online too. <laughs> Tim, I, I've been reading it. <laughs> it sounds, I guess that's a little bit more like a Bill Clinton. That's a little like. bit, but, but still pretty good. <laughs> Bill I Clinton's online three. It's great for some reason, Bill Clinton's online three. <laughs> I've been reading Business Insider. <laughs> I'll do them. <laughs> <laughs> Forbes. <laughs> Some guy on Forbes says you shouldn't be CEO anymore. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Forbes contributor. <laughs> so the stock is doing well. The company is doing yeah. well. They have a lot of money. And we still have five gigabytes of, of iCloud storage. <laughs> And eight eight gigabyte iPhone five Cs. Uh, all right, let me do another another sponsor break, and I, I'll roll this in because I, I actually it's a good it's a good segue. Remember, yeah. remind me I want to talk to you about the uh, the new Steve Jobs movie. Okay. Um, uh, but our next sponsor is our good friends at uh, Fracture. You guys know Fracture. They are the company. You send them. You sign up. We don't even have to sign up. You just go there. You send them your photos. Pick a favorite photo of yours. Give it to them. Pick a size. They print it directly on pure glass. Your photo, right on the glass. They package it up. Comes right to you. And it in the package is everything you need. It's got a foam back. You can just, if it's big, it's got everything you need to mount it on the wall. They give you the screws you need for mounting it on the wall. Uh, you you want to prop it up on your mantle or on your desk or something like that. They've got everything you need for that. It's amazing packaging. Amazing print quality. But here's the thing, it it breaks you out of having everything digital and looking at your photos, uh, you know, of your family, everything, places you've gone, stuff like that. It breaks you out of only experiencing these things on screens, right? Your Mac, your iPhone, something like that. It brings them into the analog world. And, and there's an emotional aspect to that that it's, it's just hard to explain. Uh, I'm trying to do it right here, but it's hard. But it really does mean something to me, at least. And and I know that you know, in my house, we're you know, we like having the pictures printed out, and it really makes a difference. Um, and there's no better way to do it than fracture. Uh, give your photos. This is what they say. Give your photos the analog beauty they deserve. 
Uh, and it's am- amazing to me, given how good the, the iPhone camera is, how big you can print a photo that you've taken with your phone uh, and still have it look good when it's hanging on the wall printed out. I still, in the back of my mind, I still think phone photo equals, you know, like 640 by 480, you know, don't print it very big or you're going to see the pixels or whatever. It's amazing uh, what photos from an iPhone 5S or 6 uh what they can look like when you print them real big. And Fracture does a great job of it. Uh, so here's where you go. Go to their website, FractureMe.com. And the code for this show is Daring Fireball, all one word. And if it's your first order, you save 15% by using that code. So go to FractureMe.com and remember the code Daring Fireball. You'll save some bucks. So go print a photo. Print, print a photo. Um, trust me, you're going to appreciate it. I said on the last show, they've sponsored the last show too. They sent me a nice picture, complimentary, just as you know, part of our friendship. They're them sponsoring the show and me saying good things about them. They sent me a print of uh, me and Phil Schiller on stage. Got it right oh. here, right here uh, in my in my office as as I speak. Was he talking about me? <laughs> he did. He was cracking jokes. I like molts. <laughs> That should have been the the title of the episode. I like molds. <laughs> it's on my he resume was, now. It's on my resume. Mad, he was mad that I cracked a molds joke. <laughs> As well he should be. <laughs> you can say what you want about iCloud. You can say what you want about <laughs> right, 16. Right. You can say what you want about 16 gigabyte phones, but you start cracking jokes about molds and <laughs> Schiller's Schiller's at your door. <laughs> Best. So have you seen this? There's a new documentary coming out about Steve Jobs. Uh, oh, the documentary. Yeah, that one. one you want to talk about, not the other yeah. one. Okay. And it seems to me like they are. Uh, they. I mean, I guess it was done. I don't even know why. I, it's the independent movie business seems so complicated to me because they screened it at South by Southwest this year, uh, which was March. Uh, Alex Gibney and. Uh, I, I've seen some of his movies. I saw his Scientology movie, Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief, uh, which was really highly regarded. And I find Scientology f- fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just such a weird, crazy thing. Like, a, it's a religion, like a religious cult for rich celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like, going to get letters. <laughs> I Well, I don't know. We're talking I, about I people don't... coming to your door. <laughs> don't come to my door. Uh, <laughs> you know, I used to get a lot of Scientology paraphernalia. Did I ever tell you that? No. Well, when I was in, in uh, uh, growing up, I read a lot of science fiction. A lot of science fiction. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I consumed it vociferously. Was that the word? Uh, I read as much of it yeah, voraciously. Sure. I read as much of it as I could get. And at some point, I, st- I read uh, uh, some of the books by... Uh, uh, what L. Ron Hubbard? Uh, mm-hmm. I forget the series. I don't know. It was one of the you know some some crazy shit that he wrote late. Yeah, it's the it's the one that they made the stupid. Travolta no, movie. I read that Isn't one it? too. There was Battlefield Earth, which was one novel, and then there was another one, which was like a series of ten novels. And uh, oh, okay, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was good. And and it was weird. It seemed. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. It seemed weird to me, and I was like tenth or eleventh grade. And it seemed weird to me that the bad guys 
uh, in this is a space opera. It was something about aliens, and you know, most people on Earth don't know the aliens are there. And then there's a good guy who's protecting Earth, and there's bad guys from another planet who are trying to you know take over the Earth or something like that. And the bad guys are uh, psych- psychiatrists. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I thought I thought that was a little weird. Uh, <laughs> until you look into Scientology and then it suddenly becomes <laughs> right uh, but I guess I, I I guess I like uh, mail ordered the books or something like that well then I start, started getting uh, Scientology stuff in the mail uh, and I, I did not ask <laughs> I did not ask for that uh, and I didn't even know it was the same guy because remember in the 80s there were, used to be commercials for the Dianetics all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, right. With the you know volcanoes yeah. exploding and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, there, you know, they sent me stuff like that. And my dad, you know, it wasn't like an intervention, but my dad was like, "How come all this stuff is coming for you?" And I was like, "Oh, well, I read this guy's like, you know, you know, Star Wars type book, and and I guess they signed me up for this." And he goes, "What donkey?" <laughs> so my guess, dad. I guess I'm in a cult now. I guess my dad's advice was, "Don't get into this shit." <laughs> <laughs> He was right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, Gibney made a documentary about Scientology that was well regarded, and and I th- I enjoyed it, but I I I didn't think I enjoyed it because I'm interested in the subject, but I thought it was a sort of a weird documentary. But now he's made one about Steve Jobs, right? And this it is was, the one that the Apple executives have objected to. Uh, yeah, like I Eddie, don't, I, Eddie Q, I think, was the one who tweeted about how it was mean spirited or something like that. It was yeah, not, the man, I think so. not the man that he knew. Yeah, and I guess he saw it at South by Southwest. Yeah, I don't I know. So. I guess I hope he saw it. I hope he's not saying it without <laughs> having seen it. Right. Um, and the the preview looks great. I'll put the the trailer in the uh, in the show notes. Here I am copying and pasting it right now, so I don't forget. Uh, I think I've been doing a good job just as a meta note. I do think I've been doing a better job lately of actually putting in the show notes everything <laughs> that I claim to put in the show notes. Um, the trailer looks interesting and it makes it look, you know, like it's a, a you know, a fair and balanced look at the guy's life. Uh, but the poster to me is a little worrisome. Did you see, have you seen the poster? Uh, no, I have not. Let me see if I can find a link to yeah. the poster. Poster is sort of a weird. Uh... So this is Steve Jobs, the man in the machine. Yes, not to be confused with the other popular movie X Machina. <laughs> also right? about Steve Jobs, <laughs> right? <laughs> in which Steve Jobs builds a robot. Oh man, where where's the poster for this movie? I don't know. Got to find the poster. Is it? Any... It, uh, it. Oh wow, the one that's just his face. Yeah. It's like a weird Photoshop job because that's not what he. Yeah, yeah they're you know it's it, they've it's, they've they've sort of yeah definitely because yeah. they you can find the original image for that and it's like they've made him look sinister. I don't know how else to say it, but they've sort of sinister. Well, yeah, Steve it's Jobs. like it's all they made the background black instead of. Right, it yeah, like it's like, like he's in the shade, the shadows instead of just yeah, like they, stand, standing in a room. <laughs> and they kind of gave him like devil eyes. You know what I mean? Like they've, they've, there's like a Photoshop oh, filter. Oh, yeah. You know, the eyes they, do look different, don't they? Yeah. Well, he had, you know, very yeah. dark, he had very dark eyes. Uh-huh. So his eyes wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be able to see. It looks at 
you know what I mean? Like if you have dark brown or black eyes, you don't see the cornea or not the cornea, the what's that called? The iris like that. Right. But it makes it look, you know, sort of like the what happened to Anakin That's Skywalker weird. when he went to the dark side. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm a little worried. I do <laughs> think talking I, about the prequels. I, I am going to watch this movie, but uh, I did not watch. Have you ever watched the uh, the Ashton Kutcher one? I have not seen any of them. I did not see the Ashton Kutcher one because uh, I, I didn't even see Pirates of Silicon Valley. I just I, I really don't have a lot of tolerance for these. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, I would rather read a factual account, and I guess this is this will probably be more factual, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to go see this? <laughs> I don't have plans to go see it. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Maybe it's too on point. I don't know. It seems like seems like the thing that I would go see. So that's why I don't want to go see it. No. Uh, <laughs> but it seems like they're beating, and you know, I get more power to them because I don't. I don't feel like this is a dirty trick. But you know, the Aaron Sorkin movie is coming out in October. This documentary is coming out in September. So mm-hmm. it's a way to sort of, you know, clearly the documentary is going to have less. You know, it's as an independent production. It's not going to have the um, you know the marketing behind it that the Aaron Sorkin, you know, blockbuster, star-studded, fictional, fictionized, fictionalized. What do you call something like yeah. that? Based on a true story book, you know, thing is going to have. So come out beforehand, and you can kind of piggyback, you know, on the uh, publicity. Yeah, but I'm not quite sure how how it was screened at South by Southwest in March, and it isn't coming out until September. I don't know if they have they, you know. I guess they was, show sort of a pre-release. Yeah, was that like a rough cut or is that just yeah, how probably. long it takes? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Eddie Q called it mean-spirited. But I don't know, maybe yeah. that doesn't mean that it's, you know, maybe that, I don't know. I, I've, well, I've liked yeah. the guy's previous films enough that I'm going to give it a shot. It seems like you could, you could kind of portray him <laughs> in, 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 you know, depending on what you want to show, you can portray him in many different ways. Well, I, I mean, will put there's it... definitely there's definitely some things about Steve Jobs that weren't great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody necessarily denies that, but um, you know, well, and think... if you cho- if you chose if you chose to just show those things, though, it wouldn't necessarily be an accurate depiction, right? So, be curious. You know, and it sounds as though you know, um, you know, he's he's gotten some people who used to work for him to to you know do interviews. <clears throat> I'm interested to see how recently they worked for him. Like, is this all stuff from the '80s and '90s, or is are has anybody who's worked with him, you know, in the last mm-hmm. 15 years, you know, opened up? Yeah, because so he, be pr- he, you know, certainly changed over the years. Yeah, but not, you know. not that he was ever like <laughs> laid back. But right. I think most of his his worst screaming was probably during the '80s. Uh, third story. You don't think so? Okay. All right. <laughs> well, no, no. I think you're right. I think you're right that most of it and I'm not the worst he stopped. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. That, but that there were still some good stories from recent years. Mm-hmm. You know, of of you know yelling and screaming. <laughs> okay. Uh, trying to think what else is going on. You got anything else going on? <laughs> we can talk about Spectre. Do you want to talk about Spectre? Oh, we should talk about that. But let me take a break yeah. and take one last break and thank okay. our final sponsor. And then we'll talk about Spectre. Um, okay. 
That's a good one to finish up. Yeah. It's our that, another that trailer. That trailer I've definitely seen. <laughs> uh, it's our good friends at Igloo, Igloo Software. These are the guys who make the intranet, intranet that you will actually like. Uh, share news, organize your files, coordinate calendars, manage projects, all in one place. Their latest upgrade, they call it Viking, that's the name of the upgrade to the to the Igloo platform, uh, revolves around documents and how you interact with them, how you share them, how you gather feedback on them, and how you make changes. They've even added the ability to track who has read uh, or, or downloaded uh, documents to keep everybody on the same page. It's uh, effectively, it's like read receipts for email, uh, but less annoying. You only see them when you're, when you're logged in. It's not like they're going to you know chase you down and bug you with them. Um, but it just helps you track whether people on your team, people who you work with who have to read something uh, have actually read it. Very simple idea. Uh, now they've added it to the Igloo platform. Really great. Uh, if your company has a legacy intranet that looks like it was built in the 90s, that's because it probably was built in the 90s. <laughs> uh, you should give Igloo a try. Uh, they've got a fantastic deal. Up to 10 people can use Igloo uh, free of charge indefinitely. You just if you've if you've only got like you know seven people on your team, you just sign up for Igloo and you just use it and you don't have to pay anything. Uh, if you've got a bigger team, if you've got a bigger company, you can start a trial, get ten people to try it and see you know if it's as good as I'm telling you that it is, if it's as good as Igloo says that it is, and only when you agree that it is, only when you say, "Wow, this is great," you know, this can totally you know be the hub for our communications, then you can start paying and they've got fantastic rates for, you know, numbers of employees above 10. So sign up for a free trial. Here's how you go. Here's, you don't even need a discount because it's free for up to 10 people, but at least they'll know you came from the show. If you use this URL, igloosoftware.com slash the talk show, igloosoftware.com slash the talk show. My thanks to Igloo. They're a great service and longtime supporters of the show. So Spectre, new new trailer for Spectre mm-hmm. came out last week. Yep. I have I have mixed feelings <laughs> about it. Well, yeah. Um and is is are your mixed feelings simply because of what you um wrote? Yes. On, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I didn't I, get see, I didn't get what your what your alluding to there um so the, but gonna, wait where did you where did you read so chilling where did it say chilling connection between bond and his enemy oh that's on their website if you go to okay. 007.com and okay because so, I, I think i saw it on youtube or something yeah so i will put this in the show notes yeah i'm trying to remain as spoiler free as i can for this although not quite to the degree i'm doing for the star wars movie the star wars movie i don't i don't even i didn't even watch the second trailer oh my god um I swear to God, that's I'm going like full on. Like you say, Star Wars, and I I just go nah 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 nah. My ears are covered. Um, I just don't want to know a goddamn thing. Uh, with the with the Spectre trailer, I did go there and I read it. And I, uh, Whiskus, our our friend of the show, Dave Whiskus, vouched for me that this was not a um, 
because he's got no self control. He has absolutely no self control <laughs> whatsoever. So he, <laughs> if if they if they released a trailer called the spoiler trailer, here's the spoiler trailer. It'll spoil everything. <laughs> it'll, tell, in the movie. it'll tell you everything that's happening in the movie. Dave Whiskus would watch it and then regret it instantly, but then he w- he would watch it. He vouched for me that the trailer, the second, uh, the the new trailer for Spectre was not not spoilery, and I agree with his conclusion having seen it. I don't feel like I know the plot of the movie really, um, other than other than um, what the title alone tells you, which is that you know, all right, Spectre's back, yeah, right? Right, right? Um, I was bothered though by the the insinuation that there's like some kind of boyhood connection between James Bond and Spectre. Well, and this okay. uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't it know. It does not I, say it does not say boyhood. No, no, but it does it, say connection, but it does not say boyhood. Right. right. But I I don't know. I got a bad feeling about it. Hmm. Like I, Well, <laughs> if, indeed, I yeah, I I agree that if you're if you're, your supposition is correct, then uh I I that does seem kind of lame. <laughs> So, so the, I'm hoping it's not that. The best the best email I got from a reader saying, "Hey, I don't think we should worry." I got the he, somebody wrote to me, I forget I forget everybody who writes me email, but here's he, here's what made me feel better about it. This is my fear. My fear is that uh, 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 Christoph Waltz is Blofeld. Now, so far so good. If they're not saying it, they're saying Christoph Waltz is in the film. They're saying that he's like the leader of Spectre. If his name is Blofeld, fantastic. I, but they haven't spoiled that. I don't know if it is or not. Everybody is thinking maybe um, that would be great. My worry is that they're going to say like James Bond and Blofeld are like long lost brothers or something like that. You know mm-hmm. that there's some kind of like family relationship or something like that. And somebody who reads Daring Fireball said, "You know what? I was worried about that too, but then I thought about it and realized that there's no way. Even even if they had the idea to do that, they'd realize they couldn't because uh, Austin Powers did that." <laughs> <laughs> and they would realize they would realize that they've stepped into the realm of parody, parody. and goofiness because uh, Austin Powers had already done that with Dr. Evil. <laughs> well, so the worry, the worrisome aspect would be if the people making <laughs> making Spectre haven't, haven't even seen, <laughs> seen Austin Powers. <laughs> right. And like they're putting the finishing touches on the edit right now. They're doing the the, the color correction, you know, double double checking the spelling and all the titles, you know, the credits, you know, make sure everybody's you know got their name spelled right in the credits. And they're putting some putting guy walks up. into the editing room, <laughs> guys. This is the plot to Austin Powers. <laughs> we got to get Christoph Waltz back in here. <laughs> we got going to change some change a couple scenes. Real fast. We're gonna November. We're gonna have to re-record some of these lines. <laughs> well, the trail—I mean, the trailer itself, I think, looks great. Yeah, it um, does look great. Uh, it's you know, it's got basically everything you want to see in a in a James Bond trailer. Yeah, I also I like the idea that without any kind of single overarching plot that spanned all these films that they're tying together some of the characters from the entire mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Craig era. Right. Um, yeah. You know, with Mr. White, who's played by, here's his name, Je- who's a real creepy looking guy, Jesper Christensen. He was the, uh, the, the bad guy pulling the strings in Casino Royale. 
and then uh, at the end of Casino Royale, James Bond shows up at his porch and <laughs> shoots him in the leg. Right, and then it's you know the the best part of uh, Quantum of Solace is that it opens like immediately afterwards, and he's got he's got him in the trunk of his car, mm-hmm. which is really cool. <laughs> it was a kind of a cool thing because they never really did that with the Bond movies. You know, they never really tied them together in any way. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were all uh, for the most part. I mean, a couple of references here and there, and then a couple of like dumb references. <laughs> like <laughs> this never happened to the other guy, right? Um, well, my favorite right. example of like the opposite of that, and back in the day when Dan and I were, you know, reviewing all these movies, they they used to recast. They they just cast the same actor in totally different roles. Yeah, and so in um, in you only live twice, which is the one where Bond goes to Japan, uh, Sean Connery film. Uh, I guess his fifth one after Thunderball. Uh, and he meets uh, like the MI6 agent. Uh, he's like an old British, older British fellow who's you know who's been their station guy in Tokyo for mm-hmm. a long time. And then he gets. Uh, uh, he's a very nice guy, but he says to uh, James Bond, it's kind of a famous scene. He's he's going to make him a drink, and he says, uh, uh, "I'm going to make a vodka martini, stirred, not shaken." Right. And of course, that's backwards. But Connery, being a gentleman, just says, "Sure, you know, good enough. <laughs> you know, don't make a fuss, don't make a scene." And then, you know, the poor guy. Before I think, before he could even finish the drink, he got stabbed. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, it, it happens. That same actor is the guy who plays Blofeld right. in Diamonds Are Forever. Two movies later, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, like, well, two it's movies like back, late. back then, and it. I mean, particularly like 60, 60s, early 70s, the only way you would see the movie is if it came on TV. You know, the only yeah. way you'd see it again is if it came on TV. Right. So they, yeah, you, they have it like, you know, sure, we'll just use the same actor. Why not? Right. We like the guy. We know the guy. <laughs> they didn't even put like makeup on him. They didn't no, give him like a no. wig or anything. <laughs> he looked exactly the same, except that instead of wearing a kimono, he was wearing a... You know, whatever you call those suits that Blofeld wears. Uh, yeah, Nero jacket, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Nero jacket. Now, you had posted sort of a kind of a more, more like an Easter egg, right? Um, from Casino Royale. Yeah. Someone, someone had pointed yeah. out, uh, which was the guy who tosses in the car keys in the parking lot, says, park, the, tells him to park the car, and then he like rams it into, <laughs> into somebody's car. Um, look like Blofeld. No, 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 right? not Blofeld. Or, oh no, you Goldfinger. Goldfinger. That's right. Look like Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then the 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 license plate was a sort of a what do you call those things? The the code the hex, for hexadecimal yeah. color. Hexadecimal. Yeah, for for like a goldish. I it's the you know. the license plate to me was stretching it because it's. I feel like if they were going to do it on the license plate, maybe it would have been more like the the atomic number for gold or something like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean it sincerely. Yeah, that I, yeah. I, I I think the hex color was really stretching it. And it's not um, quite. It's not really very goldish. But it, it, but his car was gold. It was a gold colored mm-hmm. like Lexus or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and he does. I mean, it's like the exact same sweater. I, I to me, it's like beyond coincidence like maybe they weren't actually saying hey this is goldfinger maybe they were just kind of goofing around and it's not really yeah like, that's what it seemed like to me it's like it's more like an easter egg than it's uh well yeah you know, uh, 
just a funny thing to put in. Yeah. Yeah. Like we have to have a guy who's going to toss him the keys and we want him to, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to be a jerk and purposefully (laughs) back his car into a thing. So we're going to make the guy a jerk who just sort of assumes that, you know, that he's the, the, you know, uh, the valet, uh, and then once you go down that path of making the guy a jerk, why don't you make him Goldfinger? <laughs> it's kind of a cool joke. I yeah. saw another thing too. I'll pu- I will put it in the show notes. Somebody I uh, didn't tweet this yet though, but somebody found out. Somebody figured out there. There's a in, in one of the old uh, Ian Fleming novels. I think it was on Her Majesty's Secret Service, um, which was widely regarded as one of the best books that he wrote, and that's the one that. Uh, uh, George uh, Lazenby, Lazenby played the role and is is polarizing. I, I, it's my least favorite of the classic Bond movies. Um, some people love it though. But anyway, in the novel, uh, James Bond uh, has to escape from somewhere, and he doesn't have any weapons on him, so he uses his uh, uh, Rolex as a quote unquote knuckle buster. So it's like brass knuckles. So he takes his Rolex off, puts it around his fist, and uses the uh, stainless steel Rolex to you know bust some jaws. And then they even said it was like in the novel, it was like, uh, and then like the next day he like woke up and the first thing he did was go to like uh, a jeweler to get a new Rolex because it's the only, <laughs> it's like the only, it's like somehow it's like described as like the only watch that you can trust to like crack skulls with. <laughs> um. So somebody figured out by freeze framing in Casino Royale at the very end of Casino Royale uh, in the the fight scene in Venice while the building is sinking. um, At some point when James Bond is fighting those guys, there's a scene where it looks like he turns his left wrist upside down as though the way you would to take off your watch and then it cuts immediately. But then if you look at all of the punches he throws in the next scenes, you can see that Daniel Craig has a watch around his own. It's very clear. Yeah, oh, very, very oh, clear. Interesting. And so the speculation is that, you know, but there's also, and that's the one with the really, really prominent product placement where um, on the train <laughs> where he first meets Vesper Lind and she's, you know, he's like, well, you, you know, you know, and, and he, she, he says, I, I'm good at poker because I can read people and he reads her and then she tries to read him and she says, you know, I bet you have a Rolex and he goes, Omega. You know, which is super, super. Not only is he wearing an Omega wristwatch, he he says it, and he says it as though it means that you know it's better than a Rolex. It's like the best product placement they could ever have. The speculation, nobody knows this, but the speculation is maybe the you know they were going to use it that way, and the Omega people were like, we don't we don't want to you don't we don't want to see the Smashing watch <laughs> getting smashed into somebody. I think they're nuts, though. I think if the Omega people shut that down, they're out of their minds. I think that that's it. It it would have like even doubled what was already the best watch product placement in Bond history. Yeah, but it was a cool thing to me. People they pay pretty like car companies pay tremendous amounts to see those those cars destroyed. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like Mercedes was a big. part of the jurassic world oh i haven't like mercedes seen it and mercedes you know like jeep yeah. type things everywhere yeah um <laughs> and and even one there's one there's one I, I thought was kind of egregious but um i liked the movie but the the kids are the kids run off on their own they escape their sort of 
the person watching them and they run off on their own and they're like they because they want to have a good time and she's just like plotting them through the dumb stuff the dumb parts of the the park and uh and so the older kid says you know they go see something oh they guess they go see the giant like fish dinosaur thing and then the older kid says to the the younger kid um let's go let's go see something else really cool and then they cut immediately to her mercedes <laughs> <laughs> sitting there and then you know and like somebody walks in i mean it's it's a you know it's sort of a seamless thing but it's like i was just like oh god <laughs> they clearly paid for that there's no way but yeah i mean those <laughs> things all get like crunched up and mangled of course yeah did shoot up and pooped yeah. out by by dinosaurs yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just cut out just just for the sake of cutting it out. Maybe it wasn't even at their request. Who knows? But it was a nice, you know, I'll, I swear to God, I will put a link in the show notes. But it was it's a nice homage to uh, original Ian Fleming source material. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and, it, and it came about somehow the guy who wrote about it was on a movie blog and he got the tip from a collector who bought the original prop that Daniel Craig wore for those scenes. And it was a replica of whatever Omega Seamaster he was wearing at the time. Um, but with a steel band, but with a, it was the watch itself was like rubber. And he bought that original prop. And it drove people. It made him. He was like, I did, you know, somehow I guess he talked to somebody with the props department, but it didn't make any sense that they would even have that prop. And then he like went back and like watched the movie real closely and like freeze framed and figured out, you know, where it was used. <laughs> so how anyway. many how many movies is he in for from here on? Uh, that's a good question. I think he's I in for at least. Looking... I think he's in for Another at least one, one more. Yeah, yeah I, I think thought it's so one too. More. Um, I was trying to see if it was on his Wikipedia, but I don't see it. No, I think it's at least one more, and that would bring him to five, right? Yeah. 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 Which is, you know, and and would also bring him to, and you know, the the you don't want to run into the Roger Moore problem where you even right. even with Hollywood makeup, you look you just look too old. Yeah. He's not that. He's not that old. He's not. That no, old. He's no, still and he's in, a great. He's still shape. in his forties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, Roger Moore was like, was he like eighty three when he filmed the last one? <laughs> yeah. He was really old by the time. I mean, like those action scenes were just brutal. You know, you'd see some, some guy struggling to move, and then all of a sudden he's running like crazy. <laughs> I think that was when we had. To, I think he had to like run up the stairs of the uh, the Eiffel, the Eiffel Tower. Eiffel Tower. That's yeah, that's exactly yeah. <laughs> and it, it really was, was a view, a view to a kill, like the right? yeah. The stunt was just Roger Moore running up a flight of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Wiped him out. <laughs> it was no good for like a week after that. To his credit, you know, he was on the record is that he he wanted to wrap it up after whichever one he made in like 1981 or something like that. And they, yeah. they begged <laughs> him. money at him. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, and he made two more. He made two more than he wanted to make. <laughs> uh, anyway, that feels like a show. I don't have anything else on my list of topics no. to talk about. Uh, John Moltz, I thank you for returning to the show. Where, where can people get more Moltz? Uh, well, at Moltz on Twitter or very nice website.net. 
And your podcast with... Uh, yes, and I podcast with uh, Dan Morin and usually Lex Friedman uh, at the, the Rebound, reboundcast.net. And what's the other one? Turning this car around with Lex and John Armstrong. Yeah. That's a parenting podcast. Yes. And, um, and business ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and business ideas. Yeah. Death Coaster. <laughs> Death Coaster is... Uh, <laughs> one of our one of our babies <laughs> the theme park built around a death coaster <laughs> uh, you should open up a restaurant that's a good business for you <laughs> death coaster restaurant yeah yeah combine the two <laughs> there'll definitely be a restaurant in the theme park <laughs> all right thank okay. you John <laughs> my pleasure all right Go pick up your kid. <laughs>